0: Dear heavenly father we praise you for the enormous privilege of prayer we praise you that you speak to us through your word and that you give us many reasons to pray to you and father we help father we ask for your help this evening to show us your fatherly care and all the riches we have in christ in jesus name amen do you ever feel that god isn't answering your prayers do you ever feel that God is distant and far away? Do you ever feel that the heavens are like brass and that our prayers don't seem to get through? What do we do when this happens? Tonight we're talking about the topic of unanswered prayer. For some of us here, this will be an academic question. What We, we want to know what the Bible says. But I think for most of us here this evening... It'll be a deeply emotive subject. For most of us, there'll be singly unanswered prayer in our lives. So what is it you've been praying for that God doesn't seem to have answered? Perhaps you've been praying for a spouse to get married for a long time. Maybe you've had several relationships over the years, and they haven't worked out for one reason or another. Or perhaps you're married and you desperately want to have children but the pregnancy just isn't happening. Maybe you've been praying for an illness to be healed, perhaps for yourself or a loved one, and it baffles you that some people are healed and some are not. Perhaps it's your job you've been praying about. Maybe you're unemployed and you're wrestling with the anxiety of not having work. Maybe you're buried under stress and there's friction amongst your colleagues, and your work isn't being acknowledged. And no matter how much you pray, the situation seems to get worse. Or perhaps you've been praying for loved ones, friends and family, to come to know the wonderful good news of the Lord Jesus. But conversations come and go, and despite your efforts, they seem as hard to the gospel as ever. When God doesn't seem to answer our prayers, it can really unsettle us. God can feel distant, And doubts can rise in our minds. Where is God? Is He really there? Is He really caring? And it's easy to become discouraged or discontent in the Christian life. So, what do we do when God doesn't seem to be answering? God isn't silent in His Word. And He has lots to say to us this evening, reassuring us that He is the God who answers prayer. He is the God. He will answer prayer. And we'll look at several passages this evening which are full of truth, which give us reasons to keep going in prayer. We're going to turn first to what the Lord Jesus had to say. As the eternal Son of God, he is the one who teaches us how to pray. So let's first turn to Luke chapter 18, the parable of the persistent widow. That's on zero52 So firstly, keep praying, because God isn't an unjust Judge. So the parable of the persistent widow, chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. So picture the scene. Here is a judge who doesn't care about justice. We're told he doesn't fear God or care about men. So he's an awful man to be a judge. A self-centered power abusing man. He prefers the bribe and giving out justice. But he has a problem. Every day this poor, vulnerable widow comes banging on his door. Grant me justice against my adversary. So imagine what happened in the first days. The judge laughed at her and turned her away as the bride slimed his pockets. He tied her up in legal proceedings and thought no more of it. But every day she kept on banging on his door. Grant me justice against my adversary. Verse 4. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me I will see that she gets justice So that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming So eventually this unjust judge gives in He's worn out by the widow's plea And then verses 6-7 to are the key to this parable The Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones Who cry out to him day and night Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. And Jesus' point is this. God is not an unjust judge. And the argument goes like this. If the unjust judge answers the prayer, how much more will God, the perfect judge, answer the prayer? Where this judge is corrupt and unjust, the Lord our God is perfect in justice in every way. No one can twist his arm to do wrong, and no one can bribe him to do what is false. The unjust judge only cares about himself, but our perfectly just God cares deeply about his creatures, especially the poor and the vulnerable. Have a listen to these psalms uh, in the Old Testament. The Lord is a father to the fatherless. He is a defender of widows, his God and his holy dwelling. Psalm 68. And Psalm 146 says, The Lord watches over the alien and sustains the fatherless and the widow. So if this unjust judge answers when this widow kept, keeps banging on his door, he doesn't care about her at all, how much more will the Lord answer his her prayer? How much more will the Lord answer when the cries stir his deep, compassionate heart? How much more will he bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? So that's the first big key truth this evening. God isn't an unjust judge. He is perfect in justice, and he always does what is right. And one day, he will restore perfect justice to this world. That's the day we all long for. It's the day we're all crying out for. And when Jesus comes again in his glory, When Jesus comes again in his glory, he'll put all things right. Everyone who's opposed him will be brought low. And everyone who's been oppressed for his name will be honored and raised up. However, if God were only the perfect judge, yes, we would revere him, we would respect him, but he would still seem far and distant. There would be no chance of us knowing him deeply and personally in prayer. But he isn't just the perfect judge. He is our Heavenly Father who cares for us deeply. And that's the second reason for us to keep praying. Keep praying because your Heavenly Father cares for you. The good news about Jesus is far more than our sins being forgiven. Even though the forgiveness of sin is a massive blessing in itself. And we should never cease to be thankful for that. Because the forgiveness of sin is only the starting point. The highest blessing of the gospel is that through our faith in Christ, we share in Jesus' perfect sonship. And through sharing in Jesus' sonship, we can know God, the true and living God, as Father. And knowing the King of the universe as Father is the highest possible blessing. Pile up all the treasures in this world fame, success, wealth, relationships, and they're nothing compared to knowing God as Father. Why? Because knowing God as Father is so outrageously undeserved. In our sin, we live lives deep in rebellion towards God. Our rebellion covered our hearts like a deep and dreadful darkness, and we spurned his kindness. We wanted to be God ourselves. We hated and despised him, and so, so much so that when when God incarnate came on the earth, when Jesus came on the earth, humanity hated God so much they murdered him on the cross. The Bible says we were children of wrath, deserving to be cast out of God's love and goodness forever. In our sin, there was nothing lovable in us. Yet through his enormous and vast love for us, God gave up his perfect son Jesus to die in our place he endured physical agony and shame and on the cross as he was hanging there he drained the cup of God's wrath so that we could be made righteous so that we could be made eternal sons and daughters in Christ and that through the wonder of the gospel we share in his sonship his radiant righteousness is credited to our account our sin is paid for once and for all and God, through Christ, delights to call us sons and daughters. And Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters, because we share in Christ's sonship. We share in all of His privileges, which, we, which means we can know God as Father. In Him, we have access to God, as our Dad. Say so you wanted to speak to the Queen of England, going round for afternoon tea at Buckingham Palace. How long would that take you to arrange such a meeting? How many layers of security would it take to get through? I suppose for many of us here, the vast majority of us, none of us would have such a meeting. We have no access to the Queen. But Christians can approach the King of the universe at any and every time. Because he's our Father. There is nothing too small in our lives. He doesn't care about Because he is our Father who lavishes his love upon us. There is nothing too big for him to handle. Because he is the creator of the universe with all power at his disposal. And we can come to him with every burden on our hearts at any time and in any place. And so, do we understand this vast privilege? Do we know what it means to pray to God as Father? The key to prayer is remembering who we are praying to. Every time we pray, we're speaking to the true and living God, the creator of all things, as our dad, one who loves us deeply. And like Jesus, we can know his fatherly care. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, which is on page 971. Jesus says in Matthew 6, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or, your, or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Instead, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or sow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Just think about what Jesus is saying here. How many birds are there in this world? Millions upon millions. And yet every day, God in his providence feeds every single one. And we're worth far more than tiny sparrows. The tiniest bird cannot fly under God's radar. And neither can we. If God provides for the tiny sparrow, how much more would he provide for his dearly loved children? We only need to look back to see God's faithfulness, his unwavering faithfulness, for all the ways he provides in our lives. Because again and again, God proves his faithfulness. And as our Father, he is working all things for our good to make us more like the Lord Jesus. Even our suffering, even our sin, even times when it seems God isn't answering our prayers. And often we question God with this promise when suffering comes our way. And it feels like God isn't answering. But God sees a far bigger picture than we do. Chris said a couple weeks ago, gave this wonderful illustration of a jigsaw puzzle. As we go through life, we see one piece of the jigsaw, one piece at a time. And often we cannot see how it fits into the bigger picture. And we often think, I wouldn't have chosen this piece. I wouldn't have planned out my life in this way. But God knows what he's doing. He, in his perfect providence, has mapped out the entirety of history, and he doesn't make mistakes. If we could see things from God's perspective and had his infinite wisdom, we would make the same choice. Now that's really surprising to us, isn't it? We think, I just can't imagine this working out for good. But God's specialty is working wonderful good things about from things which look terrible. Just think of the cross. On the cross, it looked like the worst event in the world. The son of God murdered brutally on a cross but it was a salvation for the entire world. God is very good at, work, at making things work from things which look bad. But what does all of us have to do with unanswered prayer? Well, we can be confident in our Father's provision. And so prayer isn't a shopping list about getting all the things we want in this world. Prayer isn't a series of magic words we have to say No, prayer is one of the ways we learn to trust God as our Father, our perfectly wise and loving Father. And so sometimes he answers our prayers by saying, trust me, trust me, trust all the promises I have made to you. Not one of them will fail in Christ. Sometimes he answers our prayers by saying, look back at my faithfulness. Have I failed you yet? Sometimes the answer to our prayers is no, or not yet. But take heart, because he always has what is best for us. Just like our earthly fathers, they always do what they what is best for their children, for the most part. Some of us here may have had bad fathers, or good fathers. Some of us here may have had distant, or close fathers. But in Christ, we have a father who will never fail us. We have a father who will always work out his promises. We have a father who is always working out is good and perfect will. And this may sometimes mean he hinders our prayers. James 4 verse 3 talks about times when we don't receive. Jesus says, you do, James says, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. Or 1 Peter 3, Peter talks about the necessity of living in line with the gospel. He calls on husbands to be considerate, considerate to their wives so that their prayers won't be hindered. And we can expand this more widely. If we're living in unrepentant sin in an area of our lives, God will discipline us, calling us back into holy fellowship with him, which may mean a hindering of our prayers. So God does discipline us. But it's easy to forget just how much he answers our prayers. In the busyness of life, and when we're going through fiery trials, it's easy to forget our Father's extraordinary faithfulness. One of the most fruitful things I've found in the Christian life is looking back Looking back on God's faithfulness All the ways he has provided for me All the ways he has disciplined me in my sin He has not failed me once in all my life We especially need to know God's faithfulness in times of suffering Because that will anchor us when the storms come One of my heroes in the faith is George Muller he is famous for setting up several orphan homes in Bristol in the 19th century. And his life's passion was to show to the world that God, our Heavenly Father, is the God who answers prayer. He was like he was a man like us in lots of ways. He experienced his fair share of pain and suffering. He lost his wife at an early age. But he had a big faith in an enormous God who answers prayer. In his biographies, he recounts thousands of times God provided for the orphans, often through financial giving when there was no money in the bank. Never in 50 years did an orphan in one of his homes go without food or clothing. And George Miller kept a journal of all the times God answered prayer. And in his life, he calculates over 100,000 direct answers to prayer. That's several hundred a year or thousands a year. And we worship the same Heavenly Father today. Our God is the God who answers prayer. So perhaps this week, take some time to look back on God's faithfulness. Every time God answers prayer, write it down. And so you can remember it when things are tough. And this is one of the reasons why I love spending time with the elderly saints. Christians who have been walking with the Lord for decades. Because they have a deep knowledge of the faithfulness of God. It was my pleasure last year to visit John Hayworth a few times, our oldest member here at St. John's. He's 95. And I loved praying with him, because as I prayed with him, I could hear his love for the Lord. He knew God's faithfulness firsthand after many decades. So we've heard two reasons to keep praying, which find their basis in God's character. God isn't an unjust judge. He's our Father who cares for us in every way. But most of us here know these truths. We may know that God is good. We know that he's a loving Father, working sovereignly for our good. But we may still feel discontented. We can look at our lives and we think, I still wouldn't have planned it this way. I wouldn't have done it this way. We can know the truths and yet be discontented. And it can still feel that God isn't answering our prayers. And then we play the comparison game. The danger is we forget what we have in Christ. And we look to other people. We see them getting everything they wanted. All their plans working out. And we're thinking, what about me? What about me? But we forget all that we have in Christ. In Ephesians 1... Paul says we have every spiritual blessing in Christ. And that's the third reason for us to keep praying. Keep praying, because we have every spiritual blessing in Christ. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. That's on page 1173. In Ephesians, the church was feeling pretty discouraged, They were a small faithful church in a large, hostile city. The church seemed weak and unimpressive compared to the gods of the day. And they were facing opposition from the pluralistic culture, and false teaching was creeping into the church. Perhaps, like us, they felt that their prayers weren't being answered. But Paul wrote to bolster them in their faith, to show them that the church, God's gathered people, is at the very center of God's plans for the universe. Chapter 1 takes a cosmic vision of what God has done, looks back to eternity past, and looks forward to eternity future. And chapter 1, verse 3, is the headline. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. God, through Christ, has given us absolutely everything, There is no spiritual blessing we lack. And there is not one good thing that God hasn't given us already in the Lord Jesus. So we were chosen before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He predestined us to be adopted as his children so that we can know him as father. We have been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus, set free from slavery of sin. And God has made known to us his immense eternal plan to bring all things under Christ. And we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, guaranteeing our inheritance, our glorious future home, a home which can never be taken from us, an inheritance which can never perish. There is nothing that God cannot do for us that he hasn't already done for us in Christ. We know this in part now, But in glory, we'll see the immeasurable riches we have in Christ. It's easy to lose heart when we look at our situations. But remember what you have in Christ. You have everything in him. Absolutely everything. So how does this help us to keep praying? Well, we've seen that God isn't an unjust judge. He is perfectly just in every way. And when Jesus comes as the Son of Man in his glory, he'll put all things right. All our prayers will be answered. He'll put the world right. He'll restore the world to justice. In this life now, we can rejoice in our Father's unwavering faithfulness. In good times and in hard times. He always knows what is absolutely best for us. And he is always working out his good purposes for us. And so prayer is learning to trust him as our father. He is the father who always answers our prayers according to his perfect wisdom. Sometimes saying yes, sometimes saying trust me, sometimes saying no. And when we're feeling discouraged, look at the Lord Jesus. Look at all we have in him. We cannot have anything more we have in Christ. Jesus is absolutely everything, and God has given us him. We worship the true and living God who answers prayer. So let's pray to him now. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you that you are the God who loves to hear us pray to you as your dearly loved children in Christ. We praise you that you are absolutely good in every way and that you are struggling working out your plans for us. We praise you that you have given us absolutely everything in the Lord Jesus. We praise you for your sheer mercy in saving us. And we praise you that you are the God who always answers our prayers. So, Father, help us to trust you in every and every situation. And show us more of the abundant riches we have in the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.